great to be here this morning. So yeah, hopefully your Bibles are already open into the book of Acts. So the last two weeks we've heard um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then last week Richard spoke from John, and I have the privilege to speak from Acts this morning. And um, just as we started worship, I had a little, just a little moment of stress as Joseph started running off with my notes, about to start scribbling all over them. So thankfully I managed to grab them in time, and I've got them here with no scribble or anything uh, deleted out. So that's some good news. So we're going to start this morning in chapter 1. It's a good place to start. Um, and chapter 1 is, um, essentially it's an introduction to the rest of the book. In fact, it's an introduction to the, the rest of the New Testament. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a historical moment. It's a, a significant turning point for the believers. Jesus has, um, he's a set, he's, he's, we've seen through the Gospels, he's come to earth, he's come to us, he died, he was resurrected, and just before he's ascended, he's spending some time with the believers, um, and he's, he's given them some words of encouragement, some words of instruction, and before he ascends to heaven. So um, we're just going to pick this up in verse 4. Um, so what I'm going to do this morning is just share um, a brief summary of, of the book of Acts and how it's uh, made up, what it looks like, and then I'm going to delve into a few principles that we can draw out. Um, so yeah, let's read verse 4 together. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, that's Jesus, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, we've heard so much about the Holy Spirit already, haven't we, this morning? And um, so this is um, so Jesus is saying, in a few days you are going to receive this promise. You are going to receive the promised Holy Spirit. And from generation to generation, from age to age, the Jews have heard about this promise. They've heard about this promise. They've heard um, one person after another, the prophets right through the Old Testament, God telling them, God confessing to them, God prophesying, saying, I promise you, I promise you a time will come. And for here we see in, in a matter of a few days, a time will come when the Holy Spirit will be poured out. The Holy Spirit will be poured out to all people, all men, all women, young and old. The Holy promised Holy Spirit is coming and will be poured out. And then we move on to verse 8. Again, Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this verse in verse 8 is a really interesting verse. So even though chapter 1 is an introduction to this new way of life for believers, it could actually be summed up in this verse alone. In verse 8. So what I want to do is just look at this verse a little bit and see how we can unpack um, what the book of Acts looks like. So in chapters um, 2 to 7, chapters 2 we see the Holy Spirit is poured out. Um, so chapters 2 to 7 is where the Holy Spirit is poured out to, to the believers and then we see 3,000 people are added. Um, and then we see the impact that the believers have on Jerusalem. So we've read here that you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, it says in verse 8. So Jerusalem is impacted significantly by the Holy Spirit being poured out, the believers becoming witnesses, and then they start to grow. And we see this, this Jesus movement, these communities forming, um, are in love with Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. We see that 
that as they're baptized, they're filled, and they, they begin to speak in tongues, they start preaching to the crowds, and these, um, right across the city of Jerusalem, we see these communities forming, communities that are opening their homes, communities showing generosity, believers sharing their faith with conviction of the Spirit, we see healings, miracles, signs and wonders, and these communities start to multiply, They start to grow um, to the point where they start to see persecution. And in chapter 6 and 7, we see where the believers start to face some serious persecution. And to the point in chapter 7, which is a really important point, and we see Stephen is publicly stoned to death. And so what happens is after that stoning, after that persecution, the believers start to scatter. The believers start to scatter. And that's where we drop into chapters 8 and 12, 8 to 12. And so as the, um, the believers start to scatter, we see this um, element of in Judea and Samaria, as we saw in verse 8. So what happens is in the surrounding city of Jerusalem, we've got Judea and we've got Samaria. And so as the believers scatter out of Jerusalem, they start to continue to preach the gospel, continue to be witness, witnesses filled with the Holy Spirit, and they start to form more communities. They start to multiply, they start to grow, um, and they have an impact in those surrounding areas. This is where we see um, Philip, he sees the, the conversion of um, the, the Sumerian man. We see Peter reaching out to the Gentiles. We see the Gentiles for the first time and being filled with the Holy Spirit and coming to meet Jesus. Um, and again, we, we see also um, in these chapters um, Antioch, which is further north of Samaria. Um, and Antioch is where we see the first church established. This is where Paul plants the first church. It's where we see the, the word church used for the first time. It's where we see the word Christian used for the first time, where Paul establishes the church in Antioch. So we see um, people from different nations. We see the Holy Spirit moving just from the Jewish nation. And we see this multi-ethnic, international Jesus movement moving and spreading um, further out. And then we go into chapters 13 and 20, 13 to 20, sorry. And here we start to get a glimpse of the ends of the earth. We've read in verse 8, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this, chapters 13 to 20, we start to see Paul from Antioch going on these missionary trips and going further afield, again a heart um, to go and preach and to teach the gospel. Um, And we see him spreading out um, and seeing more communities planted, seeing more people hearing about the kingdom of God, about the gospel of Jesus. And we get this picture of to the ends of the earth. And then the final chapters, chapters 21 to 28, um, these final chapters gives an account of Paul's legal trials. Um, he's in court, he faces imprisonment, um, and then he has, um, he's in house arrest. But in spite of all these troubles, Paul, the other believers, they still have this heart, this desire um, to continue um, preaching the gospel and teaching the gospel in face, uh, faced with all this persecution. And then the last verse um, of the book of Acts, chapter 28 and verse 31, um, it says this. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So that's the last verse of the book of Acts. Again, Paul's heart just to see to the ends of the earth, whoever would come to his house or however he could get the gospel out to reach all people. Um, we're here this morning as a fulfillment even of this verse, Acts 1 verse 8. We are here. The Holy Spirit has reached us. We're in Manchester this morning as witnesses, filled with the Spirit and witnessing to those around us. So even we're here, ends of the earth if you like, in Manchester being faithful witnesses. 
So, just a, a brief, very, very brief outline um, of the book of Acts. So, as I um, as I look at uh, look at Acts, I love the book of Acts. Um, for me, I find that it gives us a picture of how the early church lived, what it looked like to be a community of believers. It shows us that Acts by name and Acts by nature and reveals to us this, this um, way of life for every believer, a rich and diverse culture. Um, and this, this culture, this way of life, um, it's still used today. In, 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 it was like a, a blueprint, a model of how church culture could look. And even today, right across the globe, hundreds of thousands of churches all over the world, um, they still would refer to the book of Acts to say, how um, can we do church? How can we live as a church community? We here at King's Church, we have a culture that includes um, community. We've t- heard about Connect um, and the importance of Connect groups. Um, worship, we have a, a culture that involves worship, we have a culture that involves reaching out with the love of God to those around of us. All things that we see in the book of Acts in the early church. So we this morning, we've come from different backgrounds, different cultural um, relevances, different nations, but as we commit ourselves to one another, yeah. as we commit ourselves as a church family, we also begin to live in a common culture together. You know, there's something um, really interesting um, about culture, and um, the, the way we live is largely defined by what we value. What we give value to generally forms how we live. Our value can create our culture. Um, in our home, we have, um, well, I'll say we, Rosie has um, real value for the love of pets. And yeah, you see some pictures there how pets. Um, change our world and um, a few glimpses there when we're house it, uh, looking after other pets and that's a, that's a teddy bear of a line by the way, we don't have a pet line in the top middle and that's Barney um, Naomi's reading Barney a bedtime story there Ro- you can, if you can see that one there there's a squirrel, Rosie often puts out little nuts and stuff for the squirrels so we get squirrels at the back door which again I'm against but there you go and you can see baby Naomi there in the way while Barney's having a sleep in the cart. Um, so, yeah, we value pets. Um, and the, the kids are responsible for feeding the cats in the morning. Um, the, Rosie will often encourage them to come into our bed at night. So they, you know, waking me up. Um, they all, Rosie, I might have mentioned this before. We're still praying into this. Rosie believes that she's going to see all her past pets when we get to heaven. I know, I've asked for your prayer on that one. Keep, keep praying into that. So Rosie's value on pets affects our culture. Another thing that really um, impacts uh, us as a family or something we try and pursue is family time. And so we, just, we, we want that to become part of what we do, part of our culture. So we look at ways in which we can really put time aside to value family time. So things like we eat together um, at our tea time meal. We try and just switch everything off and we just sit around the table and eat. Um, different things like that, that we can family activities, just so we can say, you know, we value, um, we value family time. We want to make it part of our um, culture. And so recently um, we um, introduced um, Screen 3 Mondays. So every Monday, just no one has any screens, completely off, because we've realized that screens are like the enemy of family time. 
It's like if you were to ask me what the, the, what's the nemesis of family time, not that you'd ever ask me that, but my answer, if you did ask me, would be um, screens. They can kill family time. So we're like, great, let's introduce just one day a week. We can do this. Um, and so we, we, we um, announced it to us as a family, and there was, there was an uproar. There was rebellion. It was, there was this near revolution, like one day without screens. How are we going to manage? So, yeah, screen-free Mondays. So Sunday afternoons, Rose, you know, Rosie and I would be gearing ourselves up, just mentally preparing ourselves, just binding the work of screens, just ready to spend Sunday nights just emotionally preparing ourselves for screen-free Monday. And what, what was unhelpful was that we, we decided to introduce it right at the start of the summer holidays. So rather than shipping them off to school for six hours a day, it was like we had to get through the Mondays having to look after them throughout the day without screens. Um, and it was, yeah, it was quite difficult, but we're, we're getting there now. It's, it's a lot better. And in fact, we can get to even Wednesdays, Thursdays sometimes, and they've not turned the telly on, they've not, um, they've not picked up the games, and it's, it's, it's starting to work, which is good. But what, what does your culture look like? What do you value the most? And we get a glimpse of this culture and this value um, in the early church in Acts. Acts 2, 42 and 47 says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to, um, to fellowship, to breaking bread and to prayer, to, to signs and wonders. Believers, and they were together, they had everything in common. They sold property, it says, to give um, to those in need. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, ever praising God. It says that the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved, and everyone was filled with awe. We read in Acts chapter 4 that that as they were meeting together, as they were praying and worshipping, the place where they were meeting was shaken with God's presence. It says that all the believers were in one mind and one heart, and there was no needy person among them. They were persecuted, beaten, constantly challenged, but so in love with Jesus that they would carry on this commission of spirit-filled witnesses unashamedly preaching the gospel and sharing their testimonies with anyone that would listen. Casting out demons, healing the sick, all examples of this amazing culture of the believers, of Christians coming together, forming what church looked like for them. So we see their culture, but what did they value? What did they value? Let me give you a clue. Did you know that the Spirit is mentioned more times in Acts than any other book in the Bible. The Spirit is mentioned 67 times in the um, NIV translation, significantly more than any other book. In 1 Corinthians, he's mentioned 44 times. There's 23 more times than the book number two. Acts is, the Spirit is mentioned in Acts. They place significant value on the Spirit, and they had an explosive culture because of it. So when you read Acts, I encourage you, as you read through, get a highlighter and highlight every time you see the Spirit. It's a really fantastic Bible study. So we saw in Acts um, 1 that they waited in Jerusalem until they received the Holy Spirit. So they didn't make a move until they were filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then all the way through the book, we see that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they made every move with the Holy Spirit. They actively pursued him. They fell in love with the Holy Spirit. They were continually filled with him. They, were involved, they involved the, the Spirit in their decisions, in their processes, in their prayers, their outreach and their mission, their evangelism, in their midweek open homes, in their workplaces, filled, filled, filled with the precious promise Spirit of God. So how much do we value the Holy Spirit? 
When we look at our day-to-day routines, our daily activities, how we spend our time. When we consider even our thought life, our, our heart attitudes, the people we spend time with, the people that we relate with. Other adjustments that we need to consider to make room for more of the Holy Spirit. Going after your relationship with the Holy Spirit is your key to cultural transformation. If you have never been baptised in the Holy Spirit this morning, then that promise is for you today and we can pray for you at the end. Let our culture as King's Church um, be a spirit-filled culture. Like we've seen in in the book of Acts, let our day-to-day life be spirit-filled. Your pursuit and passion for the Spirit will propel your culture into something beautiful. In your workplace, communities, place of study, in your social network, this great city of ours can be an explosive, exciting and wonderful tapestry of God's kingdom. But it starts by daily being filled with the Spirit, by taking time to value the Spirit. So as we um, go a little bit deeper into the book of Acts, as we go a little bit deeper and look at um, this, this culture that we see, Uh, and the value that we see on the Holy Spirit. There's something that stands out to me is how progressive it is, how progressive the believers are. We saw from um, the very brief summary that I gave that um, the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we see that 3,000 people are added to them. Then we see um, this this growth and multiplication as um, these Jesus movements are planted, churches are planted in Jerusalem. And then we see in Judea and Samaria, um, we see the increase and growth there. And then it goes on and we see um, all affected. And for me, I see this pattern forming of of increasing, of, of multiplication. The Spirit's mandate is to expand the kingdom through the church. His goal is to fill the church up, is to fill you and me up, and then for us to be able to stretch out, to reach out, and to enlarge and expand his rule and reign on earth. Isaiah 9 and 7 says that there will be no end to the increase of his government. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. So in essence, wherever you are today on your faith journey, there is more for you. Maybe for you it is that you'll be baptised today or you've been filled with the Holy Spirit today or for maybe for you it's, it was 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. But the very nature of the Spirit is to lead us into transformation and to lead us into more of our callings and to more of our purposes on earth. Galatians 5 and verse 25 says that since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So again, Paul here, right into the Galatians, is showing us that the Spirit is always moving forward. That the Spirit, and and for us through a healthy relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we can continually keep in step with him moving forwards. Um, I mentioned a little um, a few weeks ago a little bit about my um, testimony of when I was baptised um, in the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm, so I'm at this young adults um, camp. I'm 18 years old, um, and we've myself and my friends we've gone to this um, camp. Um, even though it was a Christian camp, we'd gone for the wrong reasons. We were there to chase girls, win the football competition, and just generally get into a bit of trouble. 
And on the second to last night, my friends had left the camp. They'd sneaked off site and gone to this house party. And for some reason, I decided just to to stay and and to be there in the meeting, though we'd been sneaking away from the meetings through the week. I just felt I had to be there at this this meeting for some reason. So I'm stood at the back of the meeting. Um, I was a bit of a scally, Rosie would say, um, when I was 18 years old. So I stuck at the back of the meeting, had my tracksuit bottoms on, my trainers, my cap on, my hoodie up, and just stood here at the back of the meeting, not engaging at all, arms folded, just looking down. And so they're in this marquee, there's hundreds of young adults all worshipping God, um, and me and my brothers had a little bit of a reputation, and so no one would really approach, approach me there. So as, the meet, as they had the time of ministry at the end, I'm still just stood there, not engaging at all, um, and the only person that would come up to is my brother. And so my brother, younger brother Reuben, he comes up to me and says, oh, you know, can we just pray for you? He had someone with him, and I was like, well... If you want to, that's fine. Not, not bothered. You know, it's not for me. Um, but they kept asking me. They were, they were pursuing. They were like, do you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Can we pray for you? And I was like, look, if you want to pray for me, then you pray for me. But he kept asking, asking me. He wanted me to, to get a yes out of me. So eventually I said, yes, fine. You know, I, I, I want you to pray for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this, this guy who was with Reuben, he laid hands on me, prayed for me, laughed, and then walked off. Um, thanks, thanks for that. But then the Holy Spirit came and completely um, just um, blew me away. I was crying my eyes out. Um, I was just, I couldn't move. Just the presence of God was on me. Um, and um, I just snot pouring down my face, just tears, just an absolute mess. Um, I eventually opened my eyes and I was still just sort of under the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I was sat down at the, the back of the meeting. Someone had put tissues in my hand. I hadn't, I hadn't realized. The, the meeting had finished. The marquee was empty. There was no one in there. The worship team had packed up. Um, and there was just a few stewards waiting for me. And I, was just, I must have been there for about an hour after the meeting. And they had to carry me back to the chalets where we were. Um, and it was just a really significant time for me, um, 16 years ago, where I was just filled with the Holy Spirit. And it had a, a transformational effect on me. That was the second to last night. And then on the last night, um, again, I thought, right, I'm going to go to the meeting. My culture was still the same. I stood at the back of the meeting, still wearing the same stuff, cap on, hoodie up, still folded. Um, But I just knew there was something. I knew there was something. I I had to be there. Um, So just, again, I was enjoying the worship. And one of the um, main leaders, a guy called Nick Howes, an amazing man of God, and he he was, through the worship, he was making this beeline through, through the crowds of people, and he was slowly getting closer to me, so my heart was beating, I'm like freaking out a bit as this man's walking towards me, um, and he grabbed me by the hand, and he said, God's taking you from here, and then he took, me, took my hand, took me with him, and started to um, take me all the way through this crowd of people as everyone's worshipping, I'm absolutely freaking out, and takes me to the front of the meeting um, and said, God's taking you from here to there, I'm taking you from here to there. And um, it's still something I reflect at the time, you know, it didn't make much sense to me. But, you know, taking me from here to there. So when I got back to Manchester, filled with the Holy Spirit, my life didn't look like it was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I invited the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, help me. I know I need to be over there somewhere. I'm here right now. My life's not quite lining up. Help me to go from here to there. And so the Holy Spirit took me along on this journey. I um, left my relationships that I had in Manchester. I actually moved out of Manchester. Um, and my life started to, to uh, process and to change as the Holy Spirit led me from here to there. My attitude changed. My dress sense changed. My identity, the way I viewed other people. My heart to love and to serve 
And the Holy Spirit led me. He showed me scriptures. He gave me pictures. He gave me friends. He gave me mentors to say, yes, I will help you to get from here to there. In lots of ways, I'm still on that journey of discovering more of God. I don't think there's a a definitive here or there. But I believe for all of us, there is a movement. I believe for all of us, there is a journey and there is a progression. I look around even this morning, um, I see Zita here, an amazing woman of God. He used to look after me and my brothers, in fact, when we were four or five young, young boys. And she um, used to come around and take care of us. Um, and other, I see Norman, I see David Philippa, Ruth, who got this morning testified. Amazing people who I've seen in, in, in King's Church life um, all the way through the many years, but still going after God. Still saying, yes, I want more of God. Yes, I, wanna, I know I've, I've come this far, but I know God still wants to take me from here to there. To be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me to get from here to there. Those holding on to hurt and pain from past relationships, let the Spirit take you this morning from here to there through healing and restoration. Business owners that are here this morning who've got a heart to create wealth for the kingdom of God, God wants to take your business from here to there. Your area of ministry, your gifting, your calling, your health, your finances, your careers, let the Spirit take you from here to there. Let his grace and his love wash away anything hindering you from being all that he's calling you to be today. Yes, there may be some persecution. There may be some challenges. There may be some difficulties. There may be some bumps in the road. But keep in step with the Spirit. Let him guide you. Let him comfort you. Amen. So, just like in Acts, let us live in a community, let us live in a culture where we value the precious promised Holy Spirit. And as we value the Holy Spirit, let's be continually filled. Let's be continually in step with the Holy Spirit. Let's keep journeying into all that he has for us. Let us be those that go from here to there. Amen. If the worship team could come up. We've already seen the Holy Spirit move this morning, haven't we? The the Spirit of God is here. But I do want to invite um, the Holy Spirit just to keep, continue to minister to us. That we are a Spirit-filled community, a Spirit-filled culture. Let's um, stand together. We've done a lot of sitting and standing this morning, haven't we? And if you have never been baptised in the Holy Spirit this morning, if you have never asked the Holy Spirit to come into your life, then today is the day. Today is the day. You can have an encounter and can have an experience with the Holy Spirit. And we'd love to pray for you. If you've, um, someone that you've come with this morning, they can pray with you as well. Um, but, if you, um, but also, I invite you to come to the front as well. If you want someone to stand with you, we would love to pray for you, see you filled with the Holy Spirit, just like we see um, in, in Acts, just as we saw from my testimony. The Spirit is here this morning, and He wants to fill you afresh. If you've never been filled this morning, Um, I also want to um, invite anyone that, um, if anything, we've talked a lot already this morning where God's been ministering to us about breakthrough and seeing breakthrough. And if you need a breakthrough to help you to go from here to there, to go from here to there, if you feel that there are things maybe holding you back, whatever it is in your journey and in your story right now, 
And again, we'd love to stand with you. We'd love to invite you to come to the front as we worship and say, yes, I need a break for I need someone to stand with me to see um, the Holy Spirit come and invade my life to help me to go from here to there. Did you want to share something with you? Um, I really just feel like, you know, today's been a, a really, um, a time of supernatural time in the things of God. I, I really think that sometimes God just does something extra special with us, you know, and with us as individuals. And um, uh, on a, I think it was Thursday night, Friday night, Thursday night, my, my cat brought in a bird. And um, like Daniel said, uh, I, I am a bit of an animal lover and I was, you know, mortified. I was like, I can't believe you've done that. And this bird was laid on um the front of, of in front of my door it's got a happy ending for those of you who might go upset I need that reassurance um, this bird just looked it just looked dead it was downed it was completely down um, I thought it had been damaged I, I, I could see it was um, it was shaking when I picked it up and I was like oh it's alive but it's I, like I like do I do I kill it myself to put it out of its pain like it, it looked so down and um, and I, I took it in my hands and I just <laughs> stroked it and um, I, and I just kept it warm and I was just like, oh God, you know what am I gonna do with this? Like, I, like what am I gonna do with this? And um, I, I went to get some bird seed and and the, and the shake of the bag of the bird seed bag like that crisp plastic like shocked it and it was like and it, and it flew it just flew and this thing that had been in my hand that just looked like it was on its way out that it was dead just flew and I was able to open the door and it just flew to life flew to safety like this thing that I thought was actually dead and I just really had a sense of um when Daniel was sharing about um, in, in your business, in your in, in hurt or pain, I just feel like there's some of us here, and, and there's a few of us where you feel like you've been taken down. Like, actually, you're down, and, and actually, you don't even know if you can do it. You don't even, like, can you do it? Are you healthy enough to do it? Are you, can your mind do it? Like, are you too damaged? And you don't actually feel that faith of, like, oh, yeah, I've got this. And you know what? I just really feel like, no, you've got it. Mm. You have got it. And there is a shock of God coming to you, to your hearts, of like, yeah, I've got this, like, I am free, like, I've been set free, and I can do this, and just in whatever that is, in whatever way that you've been taken down, actually, no, you've not been taken down, this isn't it, like, that's not it, like, God is going to shock your hearts Mm. into into showing you, yeah, Mm. I can do this in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, amen, yeah, amen, yeah. God can even work through animals, which is good. Thanks, Rosie. Um, so, yeah, so again, please come forward if, if you need the Holy Spirit, just a touch from the Holy Spirit to take you from here to there, just like that bird needed to get from here to there, and it was the shake of the bird seed. So if you need your bird seed, well, not your bird seed, but the Holy Spirit this morning, um, come forward. We'd love to pray for you. Don't let this moment slip by. As Rosie said, there's a moment here right now where the Holy Spirit can invade your life to see your breakthrough where you've been trying to get there, trying to get there. You know there's more for you. You know in your calling and purposes, in whatever area is you know that you need to get there but you're here and God says I can help you to go from here to there so if that's you please come forward we'd love to pray for you as we continue to worship amen